This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Welcome, Blues, to our Spurs post-match game. Spurs 6, Everton 2. All in all, probably the worst performance we've seen this season, maybe in a few seasons. Alex, your initial reaction to that horror show? Well, you say probably our worst performance this season. I don't, I don't, I don't know, James. Uh, were there any others that could rival this? No, no, it was our worst game of the season. It was our worst game of the season. I only say that because you know losing home to West Ham three-one. I mean, it, it was bad. Just that, I mean, Spurs are objectively far, far better than West Ham, so it makes it, it's still terrible, awful. Still our worst performance of the season, so yeah, I'll say it definitively. I really, to be completely honest, I'm at my parents' house for Christmas. I turned it off at 70 minutes, get on Twitter, you know, I see that thousands of fans are apparently leaving Goodison Park. I'd I'd like it on record that I've literally never turned off a match before, ever. I watched both defeats when we shipped five goals last season my parents thought wow that you know what this is a this is a fantastic opportunity to actually care so let's turn it back on i was forced to watch the last 10 minutes of the match and i'm just kind of in the worst mood possible to be honest i'm not even to go through and try to dissect you know why we played as bad as we did there are definitely some main points but at the end of the day we have three days less than three days technically until we play again against Burnley. Yeah. Look, this sucks. This is objectively awful, terrible. This is unfortunately something that's happened far too often as an Everton fan, but I still, I don't want to get carried away with the results of one game because I still think like looking back, the last several games have been an absolutely murderous run of fixtures for us matchup wise and now we look forward to the christmas fixtures where we have winnable games coming quickly unfortunately it looks like andre gomez went down and who knows what happened with that hopefully that's not long term because that would be just you know salt in the wound a lot of salt a truckload of salt dumped into the wound if he's out because he's our best player probably it was really i mean spurs are a great team harry kane played very well young son man very good but like the mistake from Pickford for the second goal I don't know I mean I think it lies with Pickford of course with the high line we're playing he's been tasked with being aggressive coming off his line but like his judgment on that was just absolutely horrible because Zuma on the replay Zuma has it lined up for an easy like header or at least a back pass to him and yet he comes out of the box and kind of freezes Zuma runs into him and then it's just awful and it's crazy because it started so positively where like spurs were coming at us but then we managed to get one finally theo walcott woke up decided he wanted to finish a goal and like one nil up we're like okay finally we we get out on the front foot against one of these top teams like let's let's get going and kick on and then within 10 minutes it was we were down again right i was so excited you have no idea i was jumping around the living room right and then two minutes later calvert lewin scores a second and I'm like, I cannot believe my eyes were up 2-0 within the first 25 minutes of the match against Spurs, right? Merry Christmas to me. You find out that the second goal was disallowed because allegedly Calvert-Lewin kind of pushed off 
the tiniest bit and then Sanchez decided to make a meal of it, which is ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. Even the commentators, after essentially just close to worshipping Spurs for the first 25 minutes of the match, even said themselves that it should have been an allowed goal. Next thing you know, turns around, a horrid mistake makes it 1-1. A couple minutes later, it's 2-1, and you just knew that it felt over at that point. Once we went down 2-1, it was over. Like You can't just have that that high of going up and then immediately turn it around into 2-1 down and expect anything anything good to happen and it just it just the signs of capitulation that have been a mainstay of this team in the last few seasons despite the fact we have a lot of new players in rear their ugly head and i mean once it was three one a half is like we can't concede before the half we can't go three one if we if we keep it two one we're still in it but then it was three one then it was four one and it just all happened so fast it was like the tactic setup what Silva was trying to do, like playing the high line, it seemed like we were playing a much higher line than we've played against the top sides so far this season. And I think we were absolutely exposed on multiple different occasions. Right. Spot on. It comes to three main things in my, in my opinion. First one, we had no defensive midfielder. I understand why he would have been reluctant to start Schneiderlin over Tom Davies just in general, because he hasn't even been in the squad. And to be fair, when he came on, he didn't look that great at all. But you then task someone like Gomez or Tom, who never have to play this way, of tracking late runs into the box or just tracking an attacker in general, where in our system, they're not usually required to do that. They're both box to box. They sit a little higher even when they the opposition have the ball so that they can transition play into a counterattack. And so... First downfall was 100% the fact that we didn't have a defensive midfielder. Second downfall, I think, was exactly what you said. It comes down to playing that high line because we got roasted, I think, three times, like directly to goals three times. And we saw this just the other day when they played and beat Arsenal. It was ball over the top after ball over the top. Sun in behind, Lucas Mora in behind, and you knew it was going to happen. And then our third and final downfall was the fact that we just essentially gave up very quickly. It's hard not to give up when you go down that quickly. Like that just all the build up to the game, you know, we're hoping we can play level with them and and we show that we for the first 10 minutes showed that we could, you know, give them a game, but then it all just fell to pieces. I thought the defense was really poor and I think Ghana being out does have a lot to do with that. A straight swap for Ghana and Tom Davies, it's very clear like the discrepancy or the deficiencies of Tom Davies. I thought he had an absolutely atrocious game today. And I like Tom Davies. Fans are, you know, everyone's so quick to turn on the players. I just don't think he's ready. He's not ready for that sort of game, having been out of the side for so long. That, that much is clear. And... I don't know. It's it's shocking. And and we were talking, you know, we got Calvert-Lewin up top. I predicted Kurt Zuma to come back in the middle. But their pace, like, and we weren't even giving it a go. Like, we weren't winning the 50-50s. We weren't making smart challenges. We were letting them shield the ball and get free from two or three different players. And then, like, their ability to do a one, two, three pass, and all of a sudden they're out in space and looking to play their wingers who are – in acres of space on the flanks 
just really poor from just about everyone on the field. I can't really, you know, we talk man of the match. I don't know who to pick because it was absolutely dire all over the field for everyone. To be honest, I thought Calvert-Lewin had a good game and I thought Sigurdsson had a good match. And that's that's because both of them worked hard. Both of them came up with, you know, came up on the stat sheet, right? Calvert-Lewin with an assist, Sigurdsson with a essentially a solo goal. And if you noticed on Sigurdsson's goal, he could have literally just passed it to Walcott, who had plenty of space on the right-hand side inside the box, but he elected to take on about three defenders himself. So that kind of shows you how much confidence he has in Theo Walcott, unfortunately. It comes down to, in my opinion, five players. Two central midfielders, two center backs, and your one goalkeeper. Pickford lost his marbles in this match, right? The first goal, his fault, not not Zuma's fault. And then when Deli Ali was offside dribbling in, and then he just goes for, honestly, borderline studs up slide tackle after the whistle you could just tell that mentally it was gone. I mean, he semi-pulled out of that. He's very lucky not to have been carded. He probably could have seen red because it was well after the whistle. He's coming out. He knows that the that the play's dead, and yet he still decides to go in rashly. Clearly, he was very frustrated with the first half performance and his mistakes. And yeah, I, if anything, this is just a testament to how mentally weak we are as a side and and the weakest we've looked at any point this season. There's very little to take in in, for, in the form of positives. Like you said, I, I did think Gilfie Sigurdsson had an RA game, all things considered. I think he deserves credit for working until the final whistle. He was working hard. He was pressing, even though everyone looked kind of dead. Morgan Schneiderlin coming on for Andre Gomez. Yeah, at that point, that was like, I almost turned the game off. I didn't. But he, I don't want to ever see Morgan Schneiderlin play for us again that much. I'm, I'm going to go straight up and say that. He doesn't ever want to play the ball forward. He doesn't look to do anything inventive or creative with the ball. He will get it and try to pass it five yards left or right, or he'll play a back pass. A lot of that comes from, you know, at that point, we're kind of playing very scared because we've been exposed so many times. We didn't want to get burned again. And so the the aggression and the kind of cutting edge that we needed at any point to get back in the game was never really there. Okay, James. So what did you think about the referee's performance today? It, it, it was shocking. It was shocking on the Calvert-Lewin push, quote unquote push. Didn't think it was a push. Like you said, defender made a meal out of it. It was a nice, he rose above. I mean, he does get a hand on his back, but like, he was in great position to finish and the other player wasn't. And I think he just sort of flopped and, and tried to get the call. And then there were numerous offside calls that should have gone our way. Fouls, a, a really bad performance from the referee. It kind of is mass from the fact that, you know, we don't really have, we can't really blame the referee for this in any way. It was a lot of it was self-inflicted. And then some of it comes from Spurs quality in their confidence in their side. And, you know, they're third place for a reason. They're now two or three points off Man City. So a really good side, really settled. And we just don't look that at the moment. It's been a really tough run of fixtures. I'm hoping that coming up, we have some very winnable games. We can sort of right the ship and get things back on track. It's going to be one that, that the players need to forget about very, very quickly while also learning from the mistakes. But you can't let 
the momentum, you know, it's still like we're still suffering from the 96th minute defeat at Liverpool uh, versus Liverpool at Anfield. And we just have to kind of forget about it and move on and remember the way that we've been playing for most of the season, which is very positive, never looking to be completely outclassed. And, and I just want to put, I just want to forget about this as quickly as possible and never talk about it ever again, frankly. I feel bad for our listeners that downloaded this episode and then have to hear us rant about it because it's just going to bring up more unpleasant thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But really like we just have to, we really just have to forget about it. You can't, we can't dwell on this. And you know, the, the, the calls are coming Silva out. This player is never going to play for us again. This player is not good enough. And I know I said that about Schneiderlin, but there is a lot of good that we've seen so far this season. Unfortunately, we didn't see any of it today. And so if we can come up against Burnley in a few days and right the ship, we just need, we need stability. And so we can't afford to be throwing everything to the wind when we go on a, on a slightly terrible run. Like we could be looking at a long season, long rest of the season here. It's very possible, but it's still the first season in a multi-season project. And no matter how many times we say it, it's hard for people to be patient, but it's just, that's what's required right now. We need to be patient Take the good with the bad. Hopefully things can turn around. Well, you definitely were able to try to spin that into a positive. We have Burnley, Brighton, Leicester, Bournemouth, Southampton, Huddersfield. I'm just scrolling. All should be essentially three points, but we can tell that based off of our last two games, there were supposed to be winning games, right? was Newcastle and Watford, then it may be a little naive to say that. We were sitting in sixth place a couple weeks ago. Now we sit in 11th with a newly negative goal differential. We have three days, less than three days, to rest up, essentially, as you said, clear our memory, and go for three points against Burnley, who have been positively awful. Now, Burnley are going to play exactly as Newcastle. They're going to probably play five at the back, sit back, and force us to break them down. The question is going to be, do we have enough confidence to do so? I certainly hope so. I think we need to be very careful with how we attack. I think our downfall against teams like Newcastle, even going back to like West Ham, teams that want to sit back and defend for 90 minutes, but then we sort of forget that, oh yeah, they actually can attack. And so we get, you know, 11 men forward within 30 yards of the goal. And then we're very vulnerable, vulnerable on the counterattack. And we just have to be smart about when we attack, how many men we send forward. And we, you know, the defense has to be alert at all times because I'm not scared of Burnley. I think it's a game that is a perfect opportunity for us to bounce back. I'm hoping the injuries aren't long-term. I'm hoping we can see Adam Lookman, who I'm hoping he's injured because I can't see any other reason that, that he wouldn't have played today. And Gomez, hopefully nothing serious with him either. Our depth is a major concern, but if we can get our best team on the pitch or near to it, we should be able to win, win against Burnley. Well said. James and I really appreciate all of you tuning in. For those of you that celebrate, Merry Christmas. Have a fantastic time with friends and family. Count your blessings. Think about what you're grateful for, which may not be the toffees this year round. 
Otherwise, look forward to our post-match on the 26th after the Burnley match. Hopefully, we have a much more positive recording for you. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.